Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we're talking about the things that are weighing on our minds. Are we, Trevor? Are yes. we? <laughs> uh, I was so My mind confident. is light today. <laughs> I'm so confident in starting that out, and then I just was like, what am I doing? I believed it. I believed you. I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub, and today I'm an, I'm an aligned Invisalign boy. Mm. I got my aligners in. It's a little different. It's a little bit the same. <laughs> And I'm just happy to be with everyone here in the same room today. Yay! Yay. We're all together! Yay. Woo! My name is Michael. I'm a, I'm a chaser. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I actually don't have my Invisalign. I don't have Invisalign. I have Bite, which is like, it's the same like, idea of like clear plastic liners. It's the Spirit Airlines of Invisalign. <laughs> yeah. It's, it'll get you there. You just may lose a tooth on the way. Um, you got 32. Do you need them all? Well, I... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's and, Bite's motto. Hey, my name is Don. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And today I am a well-medicated back boy. I have just taken uh, Dan's concoction of painkillers for <laughs> the back that I valiantly threw out of whack getting out of bed to record your podcast for you this morning. So you're welcome, listeners. <laughs> you're welcome. I mean, I will say, Dan, so this is what Dan gives me when my back is out of whack. It is a, it is Advil and Tylenol. Yes. But Don is like, I don't know. I want to have a clear head for the podcast. But <laughs> well, I don't hit you in the head. Well, he just referred to it as the painkiller bomb. So <laughs> I figured I should make one inquiry yes. at least <laughs> into what I was putting in my body. It is my a specialized concoction formulation. It's Those Tylenol, are... Advil, and meth. Keeps you right on humming. <laughs> Hi, my name is Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And uh, yes, apparently, and, and and right now, in-home pharmacist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, He's is... my supplier. <laughs> you, you can take these. It's fine. He it's said fine. the first dose was free. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good yeah. That's right. That's right. And then, and then I give you the chewables. Yeah. St. Joseph's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the one they take out the big guns. Anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's the a biggest gr- suppository I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, jeez. I said chew it. Not, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, it's a gray day here in uh, not so sunny Hollywood. Yeah. It is not sunny at all. It's, it's raining, 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 raining. So, yes. Yeah, so we're, we're here. We're back in person in case you couldn't tell by the, the chaotic energy we the have. The random yeah. giddiness. <laughs> um. And well, so well, welcome, welcome to the show. As Trevor says, gentle mm-hmm. listener. Gentle. What about our not gentle listeners? That's me. What about them? <laughs> <laughs> All they've listeners. Already, they've already been given Trevor's phone number, and they already, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give them we the have hookup. a place for them. <laughs> Give them the hookup for the, the store brand Advil and Tylenol. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Naughty Corner. <laughs> Thank right. you, Patreon listeners. Yes, uh, <laughs> listeners, givers. Non-Patreon listeners, all the listeners, all the ears, mm-hmm. we give you a little, uh, I don't know, a headphone kiss. <laughs> um, we have, uh, you know, we're, we're getting back to it after uh, our moves, our ships, mm-hmm. our, our sicknesses where we had little um, things, eggs and Gatorade. But we have, uh, Don and I are doing something this month. Which yes. I, I have some ideas. They're exciting. It's For all a mini-sode. Yes. 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 That we've been we've been teasing the hell out of it. <laughs> it's going to be spectacular. Um, but let's get right on to it. Let's do it. We have pop culture, baby. We can actually all hear the music at the same time hey. now. Yeah. We're all dancing together. I take off my hat. Jazz hands. It's oh God. So there's a theme to this. Uh, 
um, oh, yeah. pop culture section, starting off with revisions to Roald Dahl's books. Famed children's author, Roald yes. Dahl. Who um, is, you might know him from the, as the author of uh, the, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie and the Great Grass Elevator. James and the Giant Peach. Uh, the Witches. You, um, you did say Great Glass Elevator, right? I, no, I tried. But I heard Great Grass <laughs> Elevator, which is a completely different mm-hmm. book. Yeah, yeah, okay. it is. It is. Right. But they sure do go high. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone who, I don't know, grew up reading Roald Dahl books knows that uh, he's kind of a dick. Um, there's, <laughs> there is a, you know, his books are magical and then also like there's a problematic streak through them. Oh, just, just I, I think the word you're looking for is is fiercely cruel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and okay, so Roald Dahl was, you know, a, a racist asshole, but you kind of see how he ended up there if you read um his, there, there was a biography of him called Boy that we read in like third or fourth grade that really kind of like, oh, all of his books kind of get like make more sense now. Right. Because he was just, how you he know. how he was treated by the But British. also like the very um, clear anti-Semitism that his estate actually acknowledged in 2020. Yeah. Which um, they released a statement that I sent. So does someone want to read? I'll read it. And you said this is based on uh, the anti-Semitic remarks? Yes. Okay. The Dahl, the Dahl family and the Roald Dahl Story Company deeply apologize for the lasting and understandable hurt caused by some of Roald Dahl's statements. Those prejudiced remarks are incomprehensible to us and stand in marked contrast to the man we knew and to the values at the heart of the Roald Dahl stories, which have positively impacted young people for generations. We hope that, just as he did at his best, at his absolute worst, Roald Dahl can help remind us of the lasting impact of words. Um, um, so that, that acknowledges some of it, but also, like, this isn't the first time they've edited the language of the books. Well, there's two yeah. issues here. One is that statement for his anti-Semitism, yes. and the other is that the Roald Dahl Story Company has just come out with the new expurgated version or edited yes. version of the Roald, of some of the Roald Dahl stories, taking out some of the, uh, I guess, offensive parts? Uh, so a Descriptions. What, descriptions. Of characters. Yeah, there is some pretty foul stuff in there. Well, let Trevor explain. Yes. So this isn't the first time they've done this. The So the first edition of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory from 1964, which is the edition that my school had. That Mine my, too. My first grade teacher mm-hmm. had is, you know, talking about the Oompa Loompas going to like deepest, darkest Africa. No, he went yeah. to deepest, darkest Africa to get the Oompa Loompas. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, to be fair, he did save them from the vicious canids. Yeah, it's, and mm. just like very much, mm. very much like they are described as black yeah. pygmies in the first edition of the book. And yeah. there's very, and they're very happy in their state of living slavery and yeah. being paid and, in chocolate, I think it was. Yeah, it's, it's a hot mess wow. express. Yeah. So, oh boy. And that was like, even in. And there my, were pictures in the version I had. Yeah. They uh, were not good pictures <laughs> either. It, oh and God. like, and like that was. I think within the second edition, they were like, yeah, maybe we should like Not take this up. Um, in the movie, thankfully, they were orange. Yeah. Right. That made it okay. Yeah. That made it okay. Um, but so, like I said, not the first time they've updated stuff, but the changes made. In this are, version. In this in this new version, the 20, I think they're calling it the 2022 version because that's when they did the edits. Mm-hmm. It's... To the point to where I'm like, it's not really fixing anything. Um, it, it's sort of it's sort of like putting an X over you know the uh, over the vowel in a bad word. It's like we, we can tell what's there. Um, and so like 
To the extent, so yeah. um, there was a really great article in the Telegraph that's behind a paywall. If you can, if you have access to that, I would check it out because they go through all of the changes in all of the books. Mm. We have a, a couple. We, we have a yeah, yeah, Should we read a couple? Yeah. Um, so this is from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So, and this okay. is when they're talking about Augustus Gloop. The original was a nine-year-old boy who was so enormously fat, he looked as though he had been blown up with a powerful pump. And the new one is a nine-year-old boy who was so enormous, he looked as though he had been blown up with a powerful pump. So right. they just get rid of fat. Uh, another section. Because that's, that's the bad part? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, just the word. He's still fat, and they just still describe him as huge. They just took out the word fat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the next, once again, Augustus Gloop. Great flabby folds of fat bulged out from every part of his body, and his face was like a monstrous ball of dough. The revision was, great folds bulged out from every part of his body, and his face was like a ball of dough. And like that's, th- that's not helping. They just got rid of the word fat. The, yeah. any, any mention of the word fat in most books, they just get rid of as though it's that sort of, was what's offensive. It's interesting yeah. that like the fat movement is trying to reclaim the word fat. And almost like as a reaction, everyone else is trying to get rid of it. Well, and that's the that's long. Been if the case, each yeah. of the kids has a, a, a uniquely identifying um, negative trait as like the like a yeah. flaw as the reason why they get eaten up by the factory, mm-hmm. and Augustus is, is that he's fat because it, it, you could describe it as uh, that he's gluttonous, but yes. his gluttony is just is implied through fatness. Yeah. Not that he's just gluttonous. Well, he only, the thing is, he only has, like all of the characters in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, he has one episode that gets him in trouble, right? They all have one single transgression. And it's described as, like, that one moment is the quintessence of all their negative traits, which we can see on their body, we can see in their personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Violet eats the gum. Uh, Mike TV gets on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, Augustus takes a drink from the Chocolate River. But he was given permission to. That's the thing that always gets that, me. Exactly. That kills me. He's doing the same thing that all the other children mm-hmm. are doing. Yeah, but he's fat. He can't do that. But the <laughs> only thing I remember from the, like, and this is from the movie. I don't know if it's in the book or not, is that he doesn't obey fast enough when someone tells him to stop drinking from the lake because it's not uh, processed enough. Or well, the like idea that. is that he won't stop, right? He's told yeah. to stop. He won't stop. Mm-hmm. His, in the movie, his mother tells him to stop. But taking out the word fat doesn't make that section no, not no, offensive. Not even a little And bit. they do, uh, there's such a high level of removing descriptions, even when they're not really problematic because it's like, oh, well, it's offensive. Um, in James and the Giant Peach, they don't, they remove any uh, description of Miss Spider being black mm. because mm. it's a spider that is black, that is just the color of the spider. Um, and they do the same with um, Miss the like Miss Earthworm, the Earthworm being pink. Mm. And oh. I, I I understand, but like even with if they talk about some, um, in one of the books, like you know a creature having black beady eyes, and it just it has beady eyes. And I think I, I understand the I know the the thought of like oh well we shouldn't describe anything as black because people because some people are black. Yes. Yeah. And then also be like, well, if we're not saying black, we shouldn't say pink. And if we're not saying pink, we shouldn't say whatever. Um, it's almost like it was edited by AI. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, they talk, they get rid of um, talking about Mike TV having guns. Mm. Oh, that's which interesting. Which I understand, but also like there is so much baggage with these books. And I understand the idea to like, oh, we need to modernize them. But I think that is like taking away an opportunity to be like, Hey, yeah, 
these things were really love, beloved. Mm-hmm. You know, someone in your life may still share it, but this is what, you know, was going on at the time. This is the complicated legacy of this person. And, you know, take this in mind going to it or even just having an opportunity to talk about, you know, okay, how did this make you feel? Yeah. Why do we feel this way? I agree. How have things changed? And right now the removal of this stuff, just pretending it was never there, mm-hmm. to me is it's very reminiscent of the current movement in American classrooms to yes. whitewash history. I, I was just, about I was just thinking yeah. about to say that because I was saying I was thinking my it, it makes us uncomfortable that we used to be so nakedly obvious in the way that we could accept any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's just remove it and pretend we never did that. Right? Well, and and I do and, get the I do yeah. get the argument that one is historical and happened, and the other is fiction, and we yeah. can revise it. I, I do get that. But, but here's but, the thing. Yeah. I, but I agree. But that's yeah. the end of my statement. I agree. You know, but here's the thing: like removing it, it's exactly what you're saying. It doesn't serve the purpose. So, I watched this movie, um, Birth of a Nation. Oh my right? god! I had never seen it. I'd mm-hmm. only heard of it so many times, and it's one of the most iconically racist movies in the U.S. history. Um, but the long, long, the short of it is. The the first 15 or 20 minutes of it, I'm watching it going like, oh, yeah, okay, I can see this is pretty racist, but I don't understand why people... And then it hits, right? <laughs> and if you wanted to edit out the racism from that movie, you could do it. It would be like maybe 15 or 20 minutes long, but, hmm. uh, but it doesn't serve anyone. It doesn't help anyone. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change the fact of what it's about, of what the statement were, statements were, and exactly like what you're saying... It removes the benefit of those things in a classroom setting where that would have been useful. Where you can so, use sorry, it as a conversation. Yeah, exactly. Well, so. and, and by the same token, uh, going along with the, with the Dallas State, you know, you wouldn't say, you know what? It was a great movie, but problematic. We're going to remake it now. Like, ooh, no. At the same point, I, I, I'm going to contradict myself now. Because I feel that? like as the Dallas State, my, like as the Dallas State, I feel like it would be within my mission statement to say, I need to try and figure out how to make this more useful to people. And what would that be? I'm well, not agreeing that this is the correct thing, but I think it's within the rights of that specific group. Well, it's literally within the yeah. rights because they're making yeah. money on it. it and it, I, it's cowardly. Yeah, it's it is cowardly. They want to yes. keep selling the books and not really mm-hmm. you know, issue a statement and not really acknowledge everything problematic going on. And they're not really helping people. Yeah. I, you know, I loved Roald Dahl books growing up, but I would still feel like shit when, you know, mm-hmm. Augustus Galoop which up, Bruno Jenkins, mm-hmm. uh, Bruce Bogtrotter, you know, that would just kind of be a deeply uncomfortable, like, this sucks. But I still enjoyed the books, and I, you know, yeah. I have a lot of mixed feelings about them as an adult yeah. looking back at everything. But also, you know, I'm glad I got the experience of our teachers, you know, Having these books in the classroom, including the like ridiculously out of date, really problematic version, but I was glad to be able to—I don't know—see that because that has not really been acknowledged outside of like people looking at his work academically. Yeah, um, and then also having the experience of his biography to be like, oh, this is why he's an asshole because you know, getting some context. I mean, that doesn't explain the anti-Semitism, but really his like. You know, the some of the fat phobia, some of the misogyny, just really seeing like and the, you know, cruelty of British society. I, I would like to point out that the French publishers are having none of this. They are changing nothing. Oh. Like well, you, again, different cultural context. Yeah, yeah, but also different different literary tradition. Oh yeah. 
Um, so is the, uh, just as a pitch for a way to do this or slash not do this is like, keep it. Would you keep some, would you keep the original descriptions and then put like a page at the front of the books yes. starting yes. the conversation? I like what Disney did with their racist movies. Uh, when they put them up on Disney plus, they just put a disclaimer in the front saying like, we are showing this unchanged. Um, it presents several issues, but we believe that the historical context of this is important to acknowledge. Right. And then start the conversation that this is problematic. Mm-hmm. You can still experience it and then talk about. Yep. But they just the acknowledge fact. it up front and they point out this is here. Yeah. I'll share, you know, there's a bunch of articles about it. If you can, I highly recommend checking up the Telegraph one because they really do go through like, I think it's all of the changes. It's a very interesting read. Um, there's some cool like motion graphics for showing like the markups and stuff. Hmm. And yeah, I, I'm curious if listeners have feelings about this because I think it is, you know, it, there's a long legacy of his works and I, people have all sorts of feelings. There's people that never liked them. There's people that did and re-advised it as an adult. Um, so uh, next up, we have another revision of, <laughs> yeah. of history. An update, I guess is probably what they would call it. Um, Barney has, oh, been, yeah. has gotten a makeover slash has been redesigned Pretty substantially. I didn't recognize him. Yeah, but I, I got to say, I don't think he's been redesigned. Like, it's not like he's been slimmed down. He's just, it's like better yeah, animation. I, I don't yeah. see I, any slimming, to tell you the truth. No, I, I think he's just a better drawn character. Well, it, and if you want to talk slimming, like, so the the article that we're talking about and that we'll post a link to mm-hmm. is talking about Barney having buccal fat removal. Is that how it's pronounced? Buccal? It isn't, but I like that pronunciation yeah. better. We all thought it was, and then Dan looked it up, and apparently it's buckle. But it's buckle? spelled B-U-C-C-A-L. But no okay. one can talk about buccal mm-hmm. fat. That makes no sense. Okay, so what, that, what that means is they were basically accusing him of having fat removed from his cheeks yes. to <laughs> emphasize his cheekbones. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't. See I that see at all. That's, and in fact, yeah. when I looked, the first thing that I centered on when I looked at this was his ankles. He has, he has dinosaur ankles now. <laughs> he has large, thick ankles now. If anything, he is bigger. Well, I, I feel like the original was drawn by an 11 year old and the, the new one was drawn by a professional animator. Well, I mean, the new one was drawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first one's like felt costume. Felt, you know? yeah, not yeah. done terribly well. Yeah. I thought he looked less hip but he also kind of looks a little more rotund in the new version. Yeah, so I, mean, I don't think you can really argue no. that they like slimified. But the whole, well, and they're Barney. not, they're not even arguing that they're arguing that you know, he's had buccal fat or buccal well, fat they removal changed or whatever. The color of his eyes. They changed. There's like a tiny yeah. little like fashionable gap in his teeth, mm-hmm. which I don't understand yeah. why that's even. They important. removed a tiny little portion of his history backstory where he was part of the Nazi party. And oh, like, right. Yeah. That's, that's small. Just God. a small one. History yeah. of Barney. <laughs> <laughs> so is it really, is, is this really the same thing? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, they, they updated the design of the character, but he's not any slimmer. No, it's, it's almost like the, the tabloid or whoever came out with this article is trying to make, trying to sensationalize this as like, wow, even Barney gets cosmetic surgery in this era of yeah. lookism. It's like, no, that's not what happened. No, and I, I think you could, I could see that the original design looks a little bit more like a dinosaur, except for the ankles, because I do, because they had to give the costume person shoes mm-hmm. to wear. If like, I recall correctly, yeah. like Barney was a super low budget thing put Absolutely. together by like a mom, yeah. if I recall correctly. Oh, I didn't know that part. I knew yeah. it was low budget. No, it was literally like, it was like a local television station. Mom made the costume like, hmm. Yeah, it, it feels like kind of the inverse of the real doll thing. It's like they, there's no, I, I don't think there's, there's nothing here. Yeah. There's, this is just 
somebody trying to make something out of nothing. Yeah. Something I thought I don't know was that was interesting was um I'm actually curious if it's the same person in so it's this is the cut and in the article there was a cut through to someone talking about having this buccal fat removal and it's such a sad story of like you know he had these big round cheeks growing up and it was the thing of like all the family members would like pinch them mm. and stuff and it just you know he caught this complex and he he's very happy with the sur- plastic surgery. But I don't know, seeing the picture of him as a kid in it, like, made it sad for me. Yeah. I think especially because I was someone who uh, had what in my family, I think I've talked about this, called a chewable cheeks. Oh, God, yeah. And then they would, all the, uh, the senior family members would chooch my cheeks. My, Do people really did that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That wasn't a thing that ever happened to me. They'd go, chooch. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Chicago, everyone. <laughs> no, this was, I think, like an, a Long Island because it's all my east coast family oh yeah wow. they go oh i just gotta chooch those cheeks <laughs> <laughs> oh so barney i don't know I, Bar- I, barney do your thing yeah i mean eh. go, go off sis <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want barney to be like really gay and like clapping a lot <laughs> like i love you <laughs> you love like me the emoji. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay i think it's time it is. Is it time? Yes, it's time? Are we going? Eagle, I saw you! That was good timing. <laughs> Bad Watch 2023! The lag-free edition. Yeah. <laughs> the non, non-distorted non music edition. I love this Fat Watch. I want one of these everywhere in every goddamn city in the United States. <laughs> what are we talking about? What do you, what, what do you want? We're talking about clothing swaps oh yeah. yes so in rochester uh new york um not too far away from where i grew up hello rochester new york oh. as many people said resolution resolution to lose weight the organization roc only created the event our bodies roc to celebrate being comfortable in your skin and so what they did is basically set up an event where you can bring in clothing that no longer fits yes yes mm-hmm. and uh basically it's a swap meet for multiple sizes of clothing. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you, Trevor, but like my my size shifts up and down a oh, lot. Yeah. I have a whole you know? a whole bunch of stuff that I I don't know. I keep I there's been uh I had a friend who was going to be doing like a um plus size clothing giveaway thing mm-hmm. and was like, Oh, I need mm-hmm. some like, you know, clothes for masculine people. Um, so I was holding onto those and that never happened. And I have thought that LA should have a, a plus size, like, you know, men's clothing, mask clothing. Yeah. I mean, I would swap. drive across this city if there was somewhere where I could look at multiple types of clothing that actually have multiple styles. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's yeah. always been the problem because people have tried to do this at various times online, but there's just it doesn't just, work online. It, no, it doesn't because there's just so much shipping involved. I think I, I do know of, uh, uh, of one person who is actually doing this successfully, basically, you know, I think I think he's I think he's selling them, uh, but like at very you know nominal prices, uh, mostly to cover the shipping. Yeah. But yeah, it's the problem is you don't. I mean, it's the same problem with all online shopping. It's like, what if it doesn't fit? And then how do I send it back? And, and, and it's I one, feel if you're a larger size, and it's more one variety, yeah. and it's one thing if you're if you're dealing with a company that can afford to do all the mm-hmm. shipping back and forth. But when it's just a person, like they can't pay for shipping two ways. Right. You know? Yeah. They just lose all their money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, and there's also a sense of community that comes with it Yeah, like when you can actually go out and, and have a shopping experience for yeah. something that is usually probably fairly sensitive 
and do that with other people who are there for the same reason in the same space. It's community. Not only that, but like I feel super wasteful because when when my when I outgrow my clothing, Mm -hmm. there are very few options for me what I can do with it. Yes, most like uh like uh out of the closet or Goodwill, they'll take it, but I've never seen it out on shelves. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they're using it. I think they're throwing it away. Hmm. Um, I've been told in the past to give it to uh, like homeless shelters mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, because you know, there are larger homeless people out there and they can't find clothes. Yeah. So, hmm. um, but something like this, I clothing is disposable right now. And, yeah. and it's cruel to fat people to make us churn through our closets the way we have to, well, especially when there's little enough that you can buy new. Yeah. I mean, I, I've said it on the show before. If I find something that looks good and is in my size, I buy most, multiple copies of it because I know I'll never find it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, something to look into, uh, see if it's happening near you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if there isn't a clothing swap happening near you, maybe make if one. you've got the time, yeah. maybe you can make it. I can't because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Seems valid to me. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we have uh, a main subject, I think a very interesting main subject mm-hmm. today because it applies to all peoples, all <laughs> peoples equally. Um, we are talking about boundaries, folks. Yes. How do you set boundaries? How, what, what is a boundary for you? And what happens when somebody doesn't listen to your boundaries? So as examples, think of the person who keeps hitting you up online when you've tried to make it clear that you're not interested. <laughs> uh, the, or the person who is... The, the personal space is too close. Yeah. Uh, and like, you're happy to have a conversation with them, but not, not here, not, not, mm-hmm. not looking up their nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to teach uh, uh, English as a second language. And so I'd have people from all over the world. And I remember one day this, this, <laughs> this Japanese student was being slowly chased around the room by a Middle Eastern <laughs> student because they kept adjusting their personal space. And, the, and, the, and they'd have this conversation and the Japanese man would take a step back and the Middle Eastern person would take a step forward. And, Japanese, <laughs> and like this was happening over the course of like 10 minutes. And in 10 minutes, they managed to migrate halfway around the room. That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, what, are, what is the, and I can go first, but what is an example of a, of, of a, a loss of your own um, personal space or, or breakthrough in a boundary mm. that you had set that, that got under your skin and why? I've got one, but... Okay. Okay. Go, go, go. It was the case of a person trying to finagle an invitation. Mm. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, you do the, the polite thing, which is you come up with an excuse why, like, no, that's not going to work. And then the person responded with a more direct request. And I said, oh, yeah, I know. This. And, then, and then I reiterated the excuse. <laughs> like, I literally just retyped the same thing. Mm-hmm. And they came back with, no, you don't understand. I really need this. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, and, and like, and like, you're not, you're so not getting it. And so I finally just said, N-O, <laughs> period. <laughs> and of course they were completely undone. Like, why are you being so rude? <laughs> That's an entitlement. And, uh, but you know, it's me. So I don't have a problem with like, I'm sorry. I tried to tell you three times. If you're mad at me, that's well, really, that's really it's, not it, my it's problem. It's funny that yeah. you should use that word because I think entitlement is the feeling that gives people the feeling that they can bust through boundaries mm-hmm. faster than anything else. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to me, the things that people feel they have entitlement to, yeah. mm. you know? Um, I have, I have, so I'm, I, I believe in this subject enormously because I have 
very big difficulties setting up boundaries mm. because I'm so used to people just blowing through any mm-hmm. I was raised, I had two parents that respected no boundaries. Uh, so I just mm. came to an understanding early on that I didn't get to have them. So it took me a while to realize when I go, it went out into the real world, like, oh, wait, <laughs> I'm allowed to put up walls around things that I consider mine or mm-hmm. private. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I'm alone in that. I, I think I've, I've met a fair number of people in this community that will feebly try and tell you where the wall is and then just sigh as you don't notice and stroll past mm. it. Yeah, you know? and, and I've tried to take countermeasures in that situation because, again, mm. I operate fairly directly, but most people don't. And so, like, let's say I make an overture to a guy online and they're like, oh, yeah, that'd be great sometime. And I'm like, is that a blow off or is that a, they don't know how to make a date, which I find mm-hmm. is very, very common. I think anybody who's ever operated on a, on, a, on a dating site knows that most people are not like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. How about Tuesday? <laughs> Nobody does that, you know, because mm-hmm. that may be me. And so it's, you know, I want to know, like, I'm fine with no. I'm a big boy. I can totally handle no. Mm-hmm. I get that a lot of people can't. And I get that a lot of people don't want to say no. Mm-hmm. And in yeah. fact, in a lot of cultures, the last thing you ever say is no. Like that's just not a, that's not a vocabulary item. You say, I'll try. You say, maybe you say, oh yeah, let's see if it works out. You say, you say anything, but you don't say no, thank you. But no is so powerful. It's so powerful. And so Empowering. I, the thing that I would try to do with people is like saying, you know, it's, if the answer is no, that's really okay. Like trying to make it an invitation to <laughs> say no, so we can just close this loop. Like I don't have a problem with no. Just, and so anyway, that's what I do. I try to create an invitation for no mm-hmm. in the, like, if it's no, it's okay. And right. I, but you know, they're on the other side of a keyboard. It's like, I don't know if they believe me. Oh, Cause yeah. so many yeah. people have been burned by, uh, okay, I said no, and now you're upset. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you know, that, that's a, the trap answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it took me a long, 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 long time to learn how to say no. I am not necessarily an expert at it. Uh, in terms of experience, but I feel like I now have my head wrapped around the idea that if I say no, um, what's a good example? Oh, okay. Here, here's a good example. There was an instance where within the last few years uh, where I had an interaction with somebody online where it was like, oh, you know, basically just uh, getting to know somebody chatting online, you know, social media at its finest. And there were, and eventually there was like, oh, like I'm, I'm interested. They said to me, I'm mm-hmm. interested in you. And it was like, oh, thank you. Like, you know, I'll t- I will t- put down my, um, you know, my firing squad of people who, you know, f- like over my shoulders will shoot anybody who tries to give me a compliment. Yeah. And I said, you know what? You guys can stand down. I'll take the compliment. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, and but I'm not encouraging because I actually had a boyfriend at the time mm-hmm. and it's who, who was still my boyfriend yeah. slash partner. Um, and so it's like, Oh, thank you. Um, and then it was like, well, would you ever be interested in a guy like me? It's like, well, that's, I don't, that's actually not something I discuss because I'm, I have a partner right now and, but thank you very much. And so like, no, to me feels like a very clear no. Like I don't, that's, that's not something I'm going to talk about. And it just kept coming back. It yeah. was like, yeah. you know, the next day, like, Hey, and I think it even got to like, you know, if you ever if you ever decide to leave them, let Whoa. me know. Oh god! And I was uh, like, "That's inappropriate. That's really not something I would ever tolerate from somebody that I choose to have in my mm-hmm. life." Saying, and so I choose not to have you in my life. And it's social media, so I think it's pretty easy to just be like, "All right, done." Yeah, you know, I'm out. But it, I think that's an example of saying no, and then they ignore it, 
And so I think the only solution after that is goodbye. Yeah, and this is, I think it's probably more common with men because there's that thing of like, well, I'm a man, I can have what I want. Mm -hmm. Or I don't, it doesn't matter if I can have it, my dick wants it, that's, well, that's good enough for <laughs> me. We're also taught, I mean, it's, it's a male thing we're taught, at least in American Western culture, you're expected to be persistent. Yes. Right? Yeah. If oh you're not God. persistent, you don't deserve love. There was there was you know? there's a social media exchange where this this kid is talking to his aunt. He's like in high school, 16, and he's talk and he's like depressed and the aunt's like, "Well, what happened?" And she's and and she said, "I'm sorry." And and the kid said like, "Oh, well, I asked this girl on a date and she said no." And the aunt says, "Well, you know what that means." And the guy says, "Yeah, I got to keep asking." Oh, and no. she was like, no, 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 honey. That's not what I was going to say. <laughs> no, but he really like, he mm -hmm. was burdened by the fact that, yeah, I know I'm supposed to keep asking till I wear her down. That's what I'm supposed to do. Oh yep. my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and to the point where like, I, I, I bring my dad into these conversations a lot because he's the oldest, he's the older generation I speak with. Mm -hmm. Right. So I spoke to him about this recently and he didn't understand why his, basically my father, when he wants something will just keep going for it, mm -hmm. asking and asking and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing until you give up. Oh right? boy. And he has done that with my stepmother to the point where he has created so much mm -hmm. friction and he doesn't understand like where that friction came from. Well, on the He's other side, like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to do this. Right. I'm supposed to mm -hmm. ask again. Right. I have also been on the other side of that where yeah. women have, I've, I've had a lot of you know, deep, personal conversation with women and they'll tell me like, well, he only asked once. So I guess he's not that serious. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, yeah. I think because we're, there's a whole <laughs> world of what romance is supposed to be. It's, it's mm -hmm. the, you know, it's the, it's the fight rom -com for who you love. Fight that mm -hmm. fight for it. I gotta fight, fight for it. And, and I've, I've talked to so many women who are like, I want him to fight for me. Like, but that is manipulative. <laughs> it, it, yeah. And and then you're going to slap him down if you're really not interested. Like he's supposed to know whether I, you know, psychically whether I'm really interested. Yeah, and like just playing hard to get. Or like, no, be you can't play authentic. That way. Give a genuine answer when you have one. Yeah. And if you don't have one, say I don't have an answer. And and obviously, there like it's not going to go smoothly because nobody else is necessarily going to be in the same mindset that you are. Mm -hmm. And people, it's this whole fight. I this guy, I got hang, hung up on this for a long time, which was like, you know, if you love somebody, you fight for them, you fight to keep the love. You you know, if they want to mm -hmm. leave, you fight oh, to God. preserve. That is toxic as hell. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that, people. That is the, because that takes the choice away from the other person. They're allowed to leave you. If they want to, like, well, that, it's also <laughs> disempowering because then you, then it's like, okay, the fate of my feelings are in their hands. Mm -hmm. Okay, you but know. what about so? I think there is a like on the apps, you know, fat world. There's a type of guy who will not respect anyone's boundaries, and I think end up blocked by enough people to where yeah. he makes a new profile and does the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if anyone really ever. Sorry, it started hailing. It, it is it's it's straight straight hailing, hailing like crazy. Hailing. Everybody, this is Los Angeles, and there is yeah. just anyway. Sorry. We had yeah. we had to look up hail in the dictionary. We didn't know what it was. <laughs> I, I actually got nervous for my car because it's parked <laughs> out of the. Open. It is yeah. <laughs> um, but like, if anyone takes the time to be like, "Oh, honey, this isn't how you do this," and you're probably like, "This is the you know I've seen you making you know, I have blocked you, so I know you keep making new profiles <laughs> like." You got to get people's boundaries and you got to get how this works. And like, I, but I don't like, I don't want to do it. I keep blocking them. Cause I keep, yeah. you know, the, uh, the def definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, mm -hmm. like engaging with them and be like, maybe this time they're not going to just <laughs> yeah, no. start sending, you know, I'm not going to say hi mm -hmm. and then get, you know, eight dick pics yeah. <laughs> in response. So I, I don't 
get onto uh, uh, what do you call it? Facebook Messenger a lot, mm-hmm. and I don't have the notifications turned on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been approached. I think it's three or four different guys. When I've gone back on to check my messages, there's just a string of "Hey, hey, hey yes, hey, yeah. hey oh, hi," oh and I'm God. like, for months, mm-hmm. for months from some of them, and I'm like, why? Like, you're not getting anything out of this. Mm-hmm. You like clearly either I'm not responding or it's not getting to me. Why would you keep trying? Well, because I I think but, it just doesn't really mean that much to them. I think they throw it out there to see if you come back, and then they do it again and they do it again, and it just. It's like if you were to respond to that, the value of that interaction would be, not, it would be insubstantial. I think they would just see what they can get out of you. Yeah, but it's just like a hey, hey, like whenever they think of like whatever it is they might be wanting from you. I, I, for a while, I assumed they were bots, but then when I looked at that, it was like no, those are actually different things. <laughs> <you're> saying, like, <laughs> okay, uh, we've come a long way when people can aspire to be bots. <laughs> the bots are more polite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> better conversation. And, and here's my problem: is that I end up feeling bad for them, and then I have to fight myself not to. No, Don. No, throw them something. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I'm with you. I, I, like there was, there was, that just happened to me. There was, there was someone. Um, it was a chaser actually, and I thought, you know, like I'm always looking. I love talking to chasers because you know we we do so so rarely. Mm. And he's like, "What's up?" And he's like, oh, "He's a younger guy." I'm like. Okay. Hi. Uh, you know, and I and you know I I try to match the effort they put in with the effort I put in. Like someone yeah. says hi, I will send back a waving mm-hmm. emoji. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, "What's up?" I'm like, you know, my stock answer, doing well, keeping busy. And then he writes back, "What's up?" No. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, we're done now. We're done now. Yeah, you're not listening. <laughs> On, I mean, this also goes. A lot of these interactions we're talking about are online. What about in person? Yeah. I mean, we talk about this a little bit at Bigger Vegas of like. Yeah, my strategies for uh, when people break my um, like physical boundaries. Mm-hmm. So like the whole, uh, you know, when someone comes in to kiss you, like as a like, oh hi, like especially smooch. during the times of COVID. Mm-hmm. My thing, especially because I kn- I know p- there's some people like I'm like I know they're gonna kiss me and like I don't want to kiss them, so like I'm like okay, lean in and then like. Cheek pivot. Like right at the end. Yeah. Because if you do it too early, they'll follow you. Yeah. You got to like, <laughs> you got to do the surprise turn mm-hmm. like, and it's the cheek. And then because they're not going to like pull your face or I would hope. I, yeah, I, I actually like, I'll go in for the hug. I don't mind hugs, but mm-hmm. yeah, kissing on the lips. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people do it. Yeah, uh, no, they do. really need to do well, it. Well, and there was a time, it was, it was a gay, th- it was like a, a very a gay thing. Like, oh, I haven't seen you in 10 minutes. Yeah. Let's kiss on the lips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That and feels I'm, like a while ago though now. It, it is, it is. Especially, yeah. I, it was way pre-COVID. But anyway, my what I would do is I just don't make my face available. I go right to the hug where my face is past And them. it's turned. It's turned. Like they can't get near, they, I, don't, I don't even, I don't even have to deal with the cheek thing. I think I, you have a little bit better time of it because you're so tall. Because I've tried to do that exact thing and they will follow me. Oh, like they will. Well, but it's, I, I mean, try this. Go past them. You, 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 because no, you're above their head. No, no, no. Try this. It's rather than going in, uh, go for the hug uh-huh. with the wide arms. If you go for the eggs for the wide arms, oh, you're yeah. broadcasting, this is a hug. You are not kissing me. Yeah. I do that all the time and I never get kissed. Huh. Because um, I, I see the kissers coming. Arms wide for the big hug because now look, yeah, I'm enthusiastic yeah. to see you. I I am happy to be hugging you. If you don't take time, this hug, I hadn't thought of that, but I me, do do that. Let me ask this though, because I a lot of times it is, it has happened to me, um, mm-hmm. and the, again boundaries where it will it will start with a hug. It'll be like, hey, how are you? It's a mm-hmm. hug, and then they'll keep their arms back as I'm trying to pull back from the mm-hmm. hug, and that's when the kiss happens. Wow, it's like mm-hmm. they won't let me go until a kiss has occurred. No, that's creepy. Yeah, yeah that's no, officially it is. creepy. And this is different people like. 
And some of them, I, it's, yeah, it's, yes. So that's, that's how it's happened to me. Probably. Have you had that? Three or four different times. Uh, I, I think, I mean, Michael, I don't know if it's the tall thing, but I think it is the sort of like big muscle guy dominant thing mm. where I'll, I don't deal with a lot of shit because people don't pull it. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. never I, happened to me either. So that might I be I think a my tolerance, my ability to convey zero tolerance for that now is substantially higher than the last time this happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think okay. So I think there's that. Well, I, yeah, because really there are, there are signals that one can give off without outright smacking them. <laughs> <laughs> Which, and it's not that I smack them, but I mean, I've told Trevor this. Like, I do have a technique. I've told you this. It is the metaphor rolled up newspaper over the nose. No. No. <laughs> and I've done that with people, and it works. It's like, you do it once, they're fun. I mean, my, it's just yeah. that sort of like interruption. Yeah. Where like, don't do that. Don't mm-hmm. do that. And they're like, oh, uh, okay. And then you just move on. Yeah. And they're fine. Yeah. No, uh, I'm not actually hitting them. But there's this this re, there's the rebuff. I'm glad you said that because I was yeah. picturing an actual like swat to the nose. No, it's, it is it's it's like when the dog gets in your face and you just give it a tap on the on the snout and it goes oh oh hello. But Dan's so strong that tap is more like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go flying. Hulk smash. Um, Hulk tap on nose. Does does this apply to like anything? Because I think something that's more common for like you know uh, chub gainers just like fat fat folks in general is like. The handsiness, which my mm. approach to that is like, I mean, if it is like, depending on how the interaction is going, pulling away, or if it's like a nice interaction, but I'm like, I want to kind of like, I don't want to, you know, bop them on the nose, kind of like carefully removing their hand and kind of like making it almost like a mm-hmm. hand yep, thing or like, or if it's like both hands, like, oh, grabbing their hands and be like, kind of like doing oh, like, this thing and then like putting yeah. them down. Did you learn that from me? I don't think so. That is that is totally I, technical. I, I like use. Dan's suggestion of the the taking of the hand and then like patting the hand, whatever like you want to do, point with it. and then returning it to them. Like I like <laughs> yeah. that. Um, yeah, because they've got their hands going somewhere you don't want it to go, and you just mm-hmm. take their hands and like, oh, so good to see you. Clap them and I like give them right yeah. back. You give them right back, and there and and it doesn't occur as a rebuff, but I call it a redirect. So yeah. what about the, the the poor Japanese guy where it's not something mm. overt and really aggressive and direct? It's just you're too close to me right now. Uh, just say it. Right? I mean, I have like, because I've had that where it is just like someone who is like, they are not getting personal space. And I it was in a pool and I was like initially like back against the wall and I was like moving and just trying to create more space. And they just kept going. I just had to disengage because there was, there was no way to like be like, I just get out of my fucking face. <laughs> yeah. Well, because if you don't take care of it, it does rise to that. Yeah. This is an example of what I call the roll of newspaper. I will say, Hey, could you just move back a bit? I need a little more space. Mm-hmm. Which is extremely healthy communication. <laughs> well, and it's just, and they're like, Oh, okay. Cause nine out of 10 times they didn't realize it. One out of 10 times you'll get the jerk who's like, well, what's wrong? Do you not like me? I'm like, I need a little more personal space. Do you have a problem with that? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll make it their problem. Like, do you have a problem with the fact that I need personal space? Mm-hmm. It's never, I mean, like I said, one out of 10 times. It almost never happens. Usually people are just unconscious of it or they'll get defensive. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to like, no, no, it's fine. I just need a little, I just need a little space. It's okay. Mm-hmm. We can keep talking. I mean, I have had the, with like touching stuff, like removing their hands. Cause it, you know, I would do the thing of like the playful thing and like, it was not getting across. I'm like, okay, we are not, you're like, you are not touching my face. Like we are not doing that. Yeah. Like, that is just like, I'm happy to keep talking to you, but I, you're not putting your hands on my face. And you just said that, right? Yeah. Really? Did it work? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they, they don't get it. Obviously that's why they keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of people, their nature is to push boundaries until they're told no. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, and that's all they, they kind of want to be told no. 
And if they aren't told no, they're just going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Well, more than that, I think they get a little lost. Like, is anything possible? Because that gives me no guidelines. That, like, it, then it gets, I, I think it actually, it actually can get scary for someone when the boundaries are invisible or gone and mm -hmm. they don't know what's right. And so they're spacewalking. Hmm. So there's a lot to talk about with boundaries. Um, but I think the clearest, like, you know, just be communicative and direct. I think, and it's difficult. And if you can't muster that, at least understand why people aren't hearing you. Because if you're not communicating, then what could they possibly know about you? I would also love to hear listeners' tips about boundaries. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Um, no bit, uh, no, sorry, no tip today, but we do have a bit. We do. I figured since we were talking about boundaries between people, that what is the clearest boundaries that we can do is actually the boundaries we've drawn with lines on maps. Boundaries. Oh, no. <laughs> Literal borders. Uh, <laughs> And so like literal borders can create some weird ass situations. So like where I grew up, there was this place called the Catamount Ski Resort, right? There was a restaurant uh, there called the Swiss Hut that the New York and Massachusetts border went straight down the middle of the restaurant. In, inside. Inside. Holy shit, right? <laughs> of course so on one side, if you were sitting in Massachusetts and you were 20 years old, you could order alcohol. Oh my God. If you were on the so other stupid. side of the restaurant, you couldn't. Oh um, and I was also warned when I applied for a job there that- I would be able to serve alcohol on one side, but not on the other. That's maniacal. It was very weird. That seems like a trap. Mm -hmm. It seems so, like why they built it there. Uh, yeah. So here are some borders between countries that have made things difficult in different ways. Okay. Right? Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, but the name of the town is Yivia, I think. L-L-I-V-I-A, and it's Spanish. It's a tiny town that belongs to Spain, despite the fact that it sits within the borders of France. <laughs> oh, entirely, entirely. Um, okay. <laughs> over 2000 years old. How did this little Spanish town end up going it alone on the French countryside? One, the town is symbolically passed between Spain and France every 25 years as a sign of friendship between the two countries. <laughs> oh, that's such a boulder dash. There's no way there was friendship between the two countries. <laughs> two, <laughs> a cousin of, of the King of France was appointed Lord over the land and then willed his estate to Spain upon his death despite his cousin. Oh, dear. Oh. Uh, three, it remains Spanish due to a typo in a treaty signed over 300 years ago. That's, that sounds right. Or four, <laughs> the town doesn't actually exist except on paper. Oh. Ooh. That's wild. What? You guys have been getting How too many of these possible? right. I'm turning up the difficulty. I want to go to... Um, I want to say the second one because I like because yeah. it goes to our spites giving. Yeah, I, I like the spite <laughs> one. To spite okay, we've cousins. got two for spite. Dan, are you spiteful or are you going to go in a different? Direction? Oh, this is the one where he he, he willed it to Spain. Yeah, yeah he willed to it to spite Spain his to cousin. spite his cousin. Uh, no, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's complicated. Um, no, I think it doesn't exist. Okay. okay, the correct answer is in fact. It remains Spanish due to a typo in a treaty signed oh. over three hundred years ago. That was my second guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, that's wild. It was just, it was apparently like, it was supposed to denote the border, but there was a typo. So they just left it as part of Spain. Mm. Right. Probably one of the most famous borders in the modern world is also the most heavily militarized. The Korean DMZ. Oh, yeah. Mm. Consists of 160 miles between North and South Korea, a virtual no man's land with barely any human presence. While its existence may cause huge stress for Koreans, it has actually given rise to a specific side benefit no one ever foresaw. Okay. What is this side benefit? One, the DMZ has become a natural wildlife park, housing several endangered oh. plant and animal species. Hmm. Two, extreme danger tourism packages bring much needed income to South Korea, 
where tourists can pay to escape from North Korea to South Korea through the DMZ, although it should be pointed out they never actually enter the actual DMZ. Three, extreme danger tourism packages bring much needed income to North Korea, where (laughs) tourists can pay to escape back to North Korea while fleeing American CIA operatives and South Korean soldiers through the DMZ, though it should be noted they never actually enter the DMZ. Okay. Or four, the forests reclaiming the entire DMZ has actually changed wind patterns in Korea and are being credited with increasing agricultural output in South Korea over the past 20 years. I think the I think the habitat for wildlife. Yeah. Wildlife uh, habitats. We got two for one. wildlife habitats. I think that's what I'm going to go for, too. Okay, we got three for wildlife habitats. I like the wind, but I don't buy it. And the correct answer is, in fact, wildlife habitat. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Um, several endangered animal and plant species now exist among the heavily fortified fences, landmines, and listening posts. Oh, yeah. Including multiple types of uh, endangered cranes, foxes, and bears, and the extremely rare Siberian tiger. As long as they don't step on a landmine. Yeah, that's as my long first thought was like <laughs> yeah. the crane landing beautifully oh, and just exploding. Oh, All right. Our final question. Though it's only about 0.5 square miles... Hans Island has been the subject of a long-standing and heated territorial dispute between Canada and Denmark. <laughs> as recently as 2022, both countries have finally decided to split the tiny island down the middle. <laughs> almost like almost like Hans across the sea. Oh wow. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> While most countries won't bat an eye over this, and it's likely not to hit the newspaper, it will have what interesting geographical effect? Okay. One. It will put Denmark close enough to Canada where it will automatically receive favored trade status, something Canada would prefer not to do. Hmm. Two, Canada and Denmark have technically been at war since the late 1930s, so the two countries will finally be able to directly attack each other without the use of any Navy or Air Force. (laughs) Okay. Three, splitting the island down the middle will double the number of land borders both countries have. Or four, the island sank four years ago due to rising oceans. It will be the first internationally recognized subaquatic border. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think we have subaquatic borders, but um, I'm going to say double the borders. Double the borders? Okay. I think I'm going to go with doubling the borders, too. It, although it certainly puts me at risk of being seen as foolish if I don't know the borders of Denmark. <laughs> I'll go for it anyway. <laughs> um, doubling the borders. The correct answer is... Splitting the island down the middle will double the number of land borders. Yay! Yay. Trevor gets us another point. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. He's so smart. (laughs) So there's all sorts of borders like that are fascinating. There are lots of borders that apparently go down the middle of people's living rooms. Really? And things. So, uh, Trevor, if our listeners live in a strange border situation, where can they tell us about it? Well, we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us a five star there. Uh, five stars everywhere. <laughs> five stars. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bigfatgaypod and see the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. Maybe you have to burp. <laughs> and you're Trevor. <laughs> and your eardrums have just been blown out by the sound. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that wind art moved when you did that. <laughs> so if you haven't taken your earbuds off, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> Oh, goodness me, goodness me. It was too good not to <laughs>